0: Welcome to Nana Tinks. Hey loves, good morning, good afternoon, good night, whenever you're listening. <laughs> On today's episode of Nana Tinks, I'm joined with my new friend Angela. We discuss cosplay and her being an NCAA champion. So before we get into it, I gotta play some ads and things, you know. So grab your joint, your tea, your wine, whatever the fuck you want, and enjoy the ride. Hey everyone, I just want to say I have three books out right now and I appreciate the support from all of you, from everyone that got my first book, Fully Androids, and Phoenix, to my second, Romance in a Road, and my current third baby, Antonio's Return. Check it out at Barnes & Noble and also Amazon. You can easily just search my name, Antonio Laranzo, L-I-R-A-N-Z-O, and go get a copy, review it, love it, share it, and all the teens. Okay. <music> Hey everyone, it's Antonio here with Nanatings, and I have a special guest, my new friend, Angela. What's up? Hello, hello, everyone. Hey, tell us a little bit about yourself, love.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me, Antonio. Um, my name is Angela. I'm 25, born and raised in Minnesota, um, first generation. My family comes from Vietnam um, as refugees and immigrants. Um, i am a college graduate i was part of the ncaa swim team um, at my school Um, i'm actually an ncaa champion and former record holder um Mm -hmm. and i've kind of translated that love into sports um and like empowering women in sports um into a new I would say company that I started with my sister, doing social media, content creation, and and things like that. Um, I'm also a cosplayer. I have almost my one year anniversary of cosplaying, um, and I currently live out in LA. So,
0: yeah. Okay. Hey, um, I, I want to jump right into this. Um, please explain N C Triple A I Double A. Oh my God, I'm like Triple A. <laughs> triple <J. laughs> this is really cool. But- I know it was for uh, swimming, right? And yes, was yes. When you were in Ohio for college. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So um, is it? Yeah. Is it like a scholarship kind of based thing, or what? What is the whole program?
1: Yeah. So the NCAA is basically the collegiate organization for sports. Mm-hmm. Um, So there are three different divisions, it's all based on school size. So I went to a smaller school, so we were division three. More people know, like, you know, the big state schools out in LA, like UCLA, USC, those kinds of schools, they're all D1 schools because of their size. Um, So I was a swimmer in college um, and I've swam basically like my whole life. Um, So taking swim lessons from like, in, not infant, I would say like toddler age, and then eventually, you know, graduating swim lessons. What's the next step? I, I went into um, swimming on a swim team. I loved it. Um, I tried other sports, but swimming is the one that stuck. Um, so, interestingly enough, um, I chose D3 for personal reasons in terms of. My education first, Um, a lot of college students um, do get collegiate athletes to um, be on a team in college like D1 athletes. You're here like, oh, they got a full ride sort of thing. Right. Um, D3 actually doesn't give out collegiate scholarships for sports. Um, So I went to school completely based on merit um, in terms of scholarships. So it was my choice to swim um, and I think that's what made me love it more. I was my senior year of high school. I was in a place where I was like, oh, I'm not sure if I want to continue this in college. Like um, I was a very talented athlete, but I was at a point where do I love this enough to want to keep doing it and basically make it like a job while also being in school? because we're practicing 20 hours a week, plus doing meets, doing all these different things. So it's um, it, it's it's like having a, another job in school. So I chose D3, but all divisions are great. I looked at all divisions for school. So that's kind of a little synopsis, at least on my end.
0: Got it. And then I know you said uh, due to COVID, um, Mm -hmm. it ended, but so you're, what are you, 25?
1: Yeah, I am. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay, so does it, like, are you still in the program post-college, or, like, what was, um, what was the situation with COVID that, like, the NCAA ended?
1: Yeah, so it didn't necessarily end, but, um, in 2020, as you know, the whole world stopped, and on my end it also stopped i was a senior in college um getting ready for my final ncaa meet um the year before my team had broken uh, my relay that i was on broke a national record Um, we did really well overall overall and we're going into the year there are 10 of us seniors who qualified for nationals we were like we've been working on this since our freshman year we're ready. We're gonna do it. The everything that we have worked on to this point, we're ready to win that national championship. Um, and you know, you get your you get invited based on your times. So um, we had a full team. You can qualify a maximum of eighteen people on your team. Here's a little tidbit though: for divers in D three, they count as one third of a person. Which is kind of weird, but it's because of the number of, events. I know, right? It's like, um, what? Like they're a third of a person, um, but it's because uh, they aren't able to compete as many events as the swimmers are. So swimmers, if they do, um, they have a maximum of three individual events and then up to four relays. So they can qualify for up to seven events. Divers only have two events. So that's why they're considered a third of a person because three divers would make up basically to one swimmer in Mm. a sense. Um, But we qualified a whole squad. Um, We were ready. And when the invites are out and we decide like, who are we choosing to bring? um, You score out the meet and on paper we were seated to win but of course like we wouldn't know until we actually get there and perform right um so it was like three days before we were supposed to leave for ncaas and it's over our spring break so like i i'm throwing out my spring break every year just to compete for my school um But we, we get a email from our coach, like, Hey, we're having a team meeting. Um, and we're all waiting. There Our our athletic director comes in the room. The president of our school comes in the room, our, our coach is there, all of our assistant coaches, some of our strength training coaches are all there basically sitting us down and saying it's canceled. And we had heard murmurs of this before. D2 nationals were going on that week and we were supposed to compete the next week, but it's like, hey, the, the world is shutting down and that means your meat is gone and you're not gonna get it back.
0: Uh, so, and this is your senior year, right? Oh my God. How was, yeah. so how also, what was your experience graduating? How, like it was, uh, was it a Zoom? <laughs> I, I would love to hear about that whole experience as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. So like our school, like our, our meet was canceled, obviously, but there was a, a community wide, like, Hey, you got to pack up and go home. So I basically packed up all my things, drove home 12 hours to Minnesota from my school in Ohio. Um, and yeah, it, zoom university was very, very different. Um, especially, uh, I was a biology major and I I know like a bunch of different, um, different like majors and studies, like they all, it was just so tough, um, to be able to one focus while you have no idea what is going on in the universe right now. And two, like, you're at home and not in person. For me, I love the small class sizes. I had, it felt very personable. Like I could focus in class when I'm, when I'm on a camera, like looking at a screen, I'm like, uh,
0: it's hard. uh, Yeah. I, I can't focus at home. I need to like go to a coffee shop if I want to be like really productive or like in a class, like I need to. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, you're in class it's like you're there for that but when you have so many things going on around you and just trying to focus is so tough yeah but uh we made it through we graduated (laughs) (laughs) yeah um but i uh, did have a a zoom um graduation and it, it was funny because um, I went to Denison University, go big red. Mm. Um, and the year before the graduation speaker was Jennifer Gardner. Uh and wow. right, love her. Um, but we have another famous alum that a lot of people don't know. He went to uh, my school, uh, is Steve Carell. Oh, wow. Okay. And yeah. And um we we're like during the whole year before COVID happened, we were like, oh, last year got Jennifer Gardner. Like, we need Steve this year. And Zoom University, he pulled through. He was our virtual graduation speaker. So that, that was kind of nice. But he was like, yeah, I've never done this before. And I'm sure you guys haven't either. But, but he was fun.
0: Is it a crazy like I remember watching like when Beyonce and like all the artists artists like that YouTube thing, like thinking like all the graduates like Sally and then they do like performances at home and I was like, wow, what a world are live living right now like 2020 mm-hmm. you know, talking to you right now just gave me flashbacks of so, like me just even trying to like read and study and like, I don't know, I just I feel like the environmental energy of the whole world we were all just like, not as motivated, you know. So it, it's a lot, I can't even imagine being in school at that time because you really have to like push your motivation even further, mm-hmm. which is really hard because even getting up was really, I feel like my uh, biological clock was off. Like I was like sleeping in, I was getting up like four in the morning and I'm like, cause you know, you have like this, this purpose question now of like, okay, mm-hmm. everything really shut down. What do I do? Um, so I give you kudos. I give everyone kudos that graduated during that time or was in school because like yeah. getting out of bed alone was hard. So, yeah, y'all, uh, y'all did it! <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Yeah. I'm giving you guys full kudos on that because that shit is mm-hmm. tough. And I'm like, oh my god, um, yeah. But yeah, so then you started. Okay, so that was school 2020, and then when did you? We get into this whole cosplay vibe. So
1: 2020, I was say I would say like i started kind of getting more into anime again i was a fan like growing up like og naruto studio ghibli movies like i grew up on that but i also grew up we i mean you probably know too we grew up in a time where anime was kind of taboo in a sense or like ew you watch anime
0: only ones that were accepted were like the commercialized one which was Sailor moon and pokemon
1: Literally, literally.
0: Like, I was a big
1: Pokemon
0: girly. Oh my god, same. Like, Pokemon, I love show um mm-hmm, me too. Yeah, Like, Yu Gi Oh! was my shit back then, too. Um,
1: yeah. I have, like, a Yu Gi Oh card, a um, freaking, uh, like, a credit card sticker to make it into uh, a Yu Gi Oh! card.
0: I want one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't, It's like, I haven't put it on yet because I'm like, which one do I want to do? But I, I, I just got it. I was like, I'm ready to duel you.
0: Yeah, so, absolutely. I yeah, I, I, like, what was it? Uh, Dark Magician was Yu-Gi-Oh's favorite card. And there's, like, Exodius, mm-hmm. all the five pieces. Oh, I could go on about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, oh, why yeah, that's why I wanted to talk to you about this cosplay. Because, yeah. like, I've like, every guest I've yeah. ever had, like, I've never discussed this side of, like, being a nerd mm-hmm. and, like, a fun gamer and all yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) I I love
1: it. I love it. Let your inner nerd out. And I feel like the pandemic almost like allowed me to let my inner nerd out in the era of TikTok where it was just like, no one cares what you're posting, like just be who you are. And, um, so I started getting more into anime, like, again, my senior year of college into the pandemic, like I had, like, I have, like, custom Pokemon shoes that I would wear, like, on deck to meet. Wow. And, like, I would wear, like, my little anime socks. Like, it had, like, the little Naruto head or, like, the Pokemon socks. Like, I would wear that, and I'm like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm cool. Like, hey. I like my shit. Like, I don't care if you like it or not, but I feel cool right now. Like, I'm ready to, like, go win this race, you know? Wow. Um, So I was getting more into anime again in the pandemic. And I would say it wasn't until I moved to California where I felt comfortable enough to let, let it all out even more. Um, I just feel like, especially LA is such an open and welcoming place. Like it's so diverse there are so many things to do so many different people to meet and see and interact with. Um, so I moved out here in 2021 and I started the anime one piece. Um, you might know it's like one of the longest running anime. Currently there's over a thousand episodes. Um and I actually started it because I was getting FOMO from my friends. Um so I have a couple friends who I like talk anime with um from school and they were like, Yeah, we're gonna start one piece like I used to be a one piece hater because I was like, No anime that's that long can be that good. I was mistaken. (laughs)
0: Yeah, no, I mean that's hard though because a thousand episodes like to just keep the writing going is like Yeah wild
1: Mm -hmm. it's intimidating too it's just like a thousand like how much time of your life are you spending on that um and that I was like I could never watch that like who cares about pirates like what no no but I was mistaken and um there's actually a character in one piece that I just felt so connected with where I was like, I want to cosplay her. I want to be her.
0: Yes. Uh, and that is
1: Go Robin. Um. So uh, she, she. I think her character development is great. I feel like I was like before. I've never really resonated with a character as I have with her. Um. And I feel like when you find that character where you're like, I just the connection is just so uncanny like i am her she is me like i was like i'm gonna you know i'm just gonna do it i'm i'm gonna go for it like why not i've been like i had been thinking about cosplaying before but i was like uh, i don't know if that's really for me um and it is it can be an expensive hobby
0: a hundred percent yeah do mm-hmm. it for so, home, like I mean- <laughs> because it is it is yeah. crazy you know like yeah
1: <laughs> yeah definitely definitely so um and I think my my love for Halloween also was like yeah, why not try it if I don't like it I don't like it and I can stop but yeah. um I think just the whole process of like getting into character doing your makeup getting the outfit so the first one I, I ever did i bought the outfit but actually now that i'm more of a seasoned cosplayer i make a lot of my stuff too or oh,
0: wow. okay yeah. well. do you um so for making do you like uh do you just like minor sewing or like what's your uh, what's your process on that
1: um For me, I'm not too sewing savvy, um, and I don't have a sewing machine here with me in LA. Um, so I do a lot of hand sewing for things that, um, like making details. I just did a cosplay where I basically just get the base pieces and then do all the detailing for it. Mm -hmm. So I have like patches on the arms that I make out of felt, cut them out sew them all together Sew them on the jacket sort of thing um i just last month-ish i made a pair of pants um or so i thrifted a pair of white jeans um that i was like okay these fit great but they're not you know i'm obviously not going to find exactly what i'm looking for but i dyed the pants um to the correct color of pink and then i painted on all of the stripes that I needed for it, so it's it's a pretty simple process, especially since a lot of cosplays you can buy online yeah. can be pretty pricey. Um, so it's to mitigate cost, um, thrifting, or you know making things yourself um, is going to save you a lot of time and money too. Maybe yeah. not so much time though, but.
0: Wow, that's a lot of dedication. You have a you have a TikTok, right? That you have some viral videos. Mm-hmm. Okay, what is I your and, put yourself stuff in the link in the bio for anyone listening that wants to talk herself out. But what you could just do a quick shout out of what your username is on TikTok. Oh
1: uh, yeah, so it, it's funny because my TikTok username is Swim Angie Swim,
0: oh, okay. um,
1: and it's it's a username that I've used. So it was my first. And like only username on Snapchat when Snapchat came out in like I don't know twenty
0: ten yeah, or yeah, something like so that. At this point, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, years, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I just want like I need like a unique username that is not just like me. You know, everyone was having like fun usernames back then, and I was like, I need like a fun username that's like for me and that it's like. Um, I don't know, clever. And so Swim Angie Swim comes from Run Forest Run. Yes. So I was like, like, oh, well, I'm a swimmer. I swim and I can't do Angela because it it doesn't, the syllables don't match. So Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, Angie is close enough. So I was like, Swim Angie Swim. So that's like my username across all platforms now. And people are like, why don't you have like a a cosplay username or something like that or like why is it swimming like because in in one piece my character can't swim like she loses her ability to swim in mm-hmm. turn to get powers um so she's like well your character doesn't swim but i'm like it it's just me so well,
0: but, also yeah. you're a NCAA champion. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's why. Right. Former yeah. champion cosplayer. No. cosplay. Yeah. Speaking yeah. um, about champions, so then you have this motivation to start a company with your sister. Is it a younger sister or older sister?
1: She's my younger sister.
0: Aww. Um, So you probably make your family proud though, right? Being the first in the family to go to school, graduate, mm-hmm. help start a company. I'm the first in my generation to do very similar things. So we... Slay! First of all, second of all, our families are mm. fucking proud. They're like, go us. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. So, what's the journey of? Um, I know you want to empower um, other females and you know people with similar stories and backgrounds. So, what is? I would love to ask. I guess a few questions. And one is like, um, what made you uh, form this company? Uh, how did your sister want to join in? And um, yeah, what do you do? I would love to just share this information for anyone that like may need the help.
1: Definitely um I would say that I spent a lot of t- of my life trying to fit into this box that mm. my family put me in so, not necessarily put me in cuz I also put myself in there yeah. um you might know as a first generation you want to bring your family so much honor and want them to be proud of you you know yeah um you're the first like you're setting the example for me i'm the oldest of my generation um like on both sides of my family so being the firstborn and being the firstborn daughter there's a lot of responsibility that you have and for me you know the expectations of you know getting straight a's you know being good at you know, something like for me it wasn't necessarily like, you know, some people are really good at arts or music or something like that. For me it was sports. Um, and then, you know, being involved in your community, taking care of your family, like duty, responsibility, all these things wow. are like you
0: this know, put
1: like, on I you. Yeah.
0: You working on that right now, I'm like, oh my God, I was carrying way too hard for the family for years. Like, yeah. Yeah.
1: And I, I mean, I'm still, I do still have that sense of duty, but more recently I've been letting that go
0: because. Yeah. As you get older, you will. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, you have to, I'm learning right now at 31 and not to sound like, oh my God, I'm older with wisdom, but this is something I'm like currently. And I'm learning to like, still respect my mom and brothers so much and love them, but also like I have to live my life. So having that like Mm -hmm. detached boundary from love. Right. Yeah. 100%
1: yeah you're unlearning that generation excuse me you're unlearning that generational trauma
0: yes yes. yeah
1: that has come from the immigrant life the refugee life the starting off in a new place you know um and so i was in a box most of my life and it wasn't till really my senior year of college that i was like I'm living for other people and I'm not living for myself
0: Yeah, oh, Yep.
1: yep. And, and that's when I started making subtle shifts because a lot of the time that trauma that, you know, wiring in your brain isn't going to go away so quickly, right? You have to slowly unlearn it. And um, basically my whole life, I thought I wanted to be a doctor. And I, I did everything in my power to, to get there, you know, pre-med track, shadowing internships, all the things that I could do up to like studying for the MCAT that made me decide, like something in my brain clicked. It was like, this isn't the life that I wanted. This isn't, maybe it's the life I thought I wanted. But in my heart, it's I'm not gonna be fulfilled by it. I'm gonna be miserable. I'm I'm this isn't what I want. Um and you know, sometimes it it takes a while to realize that. Um and so, you know, pandemic hit, I moved back home, I was like, I'm gonna take some time to figure out what I really want. Mm. And I didn't necessarily do that because, you know, like a lot of people, we're all depressed in the pandemic, and like,
0: just
1: (laughs) at this point, I'm just trying to live. I'm just trying to live, man.
0: Surviving, even till today, is surviving. Yeah. To do mainly, yes, yes.
1: (laughs) Literally, I was like, I'm just trying to survive out here. Like, we'll figure out my career path later. Um, but I was like, okay, I did graduate. I do need to make money somehow. Um, and You know the tech industry started booming so Mm -hmm. took a job in tech that brought me out to california i was like i need a little bit of change of pace um so i came out here my sister was already living here she loved it so i was like oh why not be a little closer to my sister i have family out here um so i came out here and i was still miserable in my work life Mm -hmm. and um it wasn't until i was jumping around a couple different jobs in tech but i was like this isn't really what i want but i'm gonna stay here until i figure it out and for me it was the universe that kind of like pushed me like no you gotta figure it out right now um i actually got laid off and um at the time i was 23 and i was like um do 23 year olds get laid off? Um, so I was, I was kind of heartbroken and in the sense of like, I felt like a failure. Um, again, that, you know, expectation from your family of like, Oh, she's doing great. Like she's setting a great example for, um, her younger cousins, you know, she's successful. Like, this is what we want. Like, she's doing great. And I got, I get laid off and, um, the it the world kind of felt like it came crashing down even though I know it wasn't the end of the world but it was almost kind of like a wake-up call for me it was like I was just kind of getting by but not filling my heart you know fulfilling my heart with you know the love the joy the passion that I have like when I was an athlete in college and I think a lot of Former college athletes struggle with that. You know, you graduate, you move to a new city, where's your community? Yeah. Where are the people you're seeing every day working so hard with? Like, even just friends, too. Mm -hmm.
0: Like,
1: it was all gone. Like, you have to figure out how to make friends in a place you barely know.
0: Graduating college is like that. It's this, like, (laughs) Yeah, it's like four years of like a community in like dorms and like your friends like literally down the street or like in the same building. And then it's like, yeah, ripped. especially athletes. So, because then your purpose is so defined Mm -hmm. in college, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're repping your school, you're kicking ass, you're like (laughs) dieting, working out, whatever it is. And it's like, then after four years, it's like, where? (laughs) Yeah. Mm
1: Yeah, for sure. It's so it, it was tough. And I took like a hard look at myself and I was like, what do I want to do? What, you know, like sets my soul on fire. And I think back to, well, swimming. Mm -hmm. Swimming was my purpose for the longest time. And um, I was like, maybe I should go back to swimming when i when i retired from swimming like after when the pandemic hit and i was like well i'm done with swimming i'm never going back like it it broke my heart but i was like you know it's it's time to get back in the water and and just you know let myself feel everything all the emotions let my brain just think because For me, swimming a lot is getting in the pool. It's just you and the water. There's no one else around you. Like, you can't hear anything in the water. It's just you and your your thoughts and yourself. So I got back into swimming and a lot of thoughts came to me of how can I go back to what I love? And, you know... My sister and I started a company and originally it was like, I wanted to get into it because I love, you know, social media and content creation and things like that. I love telling stories Mm because I think of my grandparents and my parents' story of how they came over to the U.S. And I don't know, we could go into that later, but um, it's, it's a story that personally, I want to write a book about because I love it so much Mm -hmm. and telling stories of can just telling stories is just so powerful and you don't know how it could change someone's life by just, you know, sharing a tidbit of you, you know, and so I wanted to start a company that we're able to share stories. And it wasn't really that I knew until I knew that I wanted to work with NCAA athletes until kind Mm -hmm. of later on thinking about it. At first I was like, oh, I'd love to share stories of women because personally I'm a woman. I love to share stories of people of color because I'm a person of color. Mm -hmm. Um, My sister is queer. I love to, we'd love to sell stories of queer people too. So like, We wanna share empowering stories and um, going further with that kind of almost like niching down a little bit is like, I think of my time as a student athlete. And recently, or I guess, I mean, it's 2023 now, but um, around July of 2021, we're still in the pandemic, but the Supreme court ruled that the NCAA no longer can restrict student athletes from monetizing themselves um so before 2021 um me as a student athlete i couldn't have sponsors um you know people couldn't pay me to do stuff or like support me um in my you know athletic endeavors um but now you know you're seeing like uh what, what is it barstool athletes mm-hmm. um for the ncaa um and i swear everyone is like a barstool athlete now but yeah you no, sure.
0: yeah <laughs> but like make your career, yeah. i'm like getting that endorsement exactly. Great.
1: yeah for sure and i think like for myself like as a d3 athlete like i feel like i could have really used that when i was in mm-hmm. school like i wasn't getting a uh a, a sports scholarship yeah,
0: you getting, like, a scholarship. like
1: right i wasn't getting a free ride from that i still have things to pay for um and you know my tuition and my dorms and whatnot that my merit scholarship wasn't paying for so i think of people like me or even you know other people of color who maybe aren't getting that funding from somewhere else um they can be using their name to help pay for school Yeah, And I also recognize, though, as a student athlete, it's very hectic, and you're going to be super busy, and most of the time you have no time. But that's where I was like, okay, let me come in. Let my sister and I come in, and our company basically, let us help you and take that kind of burden of time off, but still be able to help you make money. So, let's... That's kind of what the the premise is for that.
0: And the work, and it's been up for uh, a few months. You said, right?
1: Mm-hmm. We started just at the beginning of the year. Um, we opened up our co- uh, company, Lee Sisters LLC. Um, and again, like we we're like thinking of a name. We we're like, what what do we want to do? And growing up, we we're also always known as the Lee Sisters. So we we're like, we're doing this together. We want to share stories of empowerment, and like sisterhood is a big theme through I think our lives and through teams as well. So, um,
0: yeah. Work, That's, yes, like, I love yeah. this. I'm gonna put your link also um, for that if anyone's just more curious to like read up on it and and see what you do. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, definitely. I, I want to hear this story of, I want to, I close out with this story of your family. I would love to, you know, coming from a similar background, first generation, I'd love to hear the stories of like, what motivated your parents, um, to be like, yo, I want a better life or I need to do this, you know? So yeah, take it away. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, this, this story, like it, it is a story of survival i would say and um family for sure um just try to to give you a tidbit before we get started i i I like to share this story with a lot of people because it just gives a different perspective um especially for those who don't come from immigrant Mm -hmm. families um for refugee families, Um, I think a lot of, you know, refugee crises around the world right now. And I feel for that because I come from that. Um, But I think it will start off with my grandparents on my dad's side. And I actually grew up in the household with them. And that's something that a lot of families, I think in the US at least, there are no like multi-generational families. Um, So like, I grew up with me and my sister, my parents, my grandparents, and often aunts and uncles living with us during durations of their lives as well. Um, And I think that gives me a really unique perspective as well. Um, But going back to the story, so my grandparents are from Vietnam. you know, your typical love story, a love at first sight, you meet each other and it's like they their love is just something out of a fairy tale to me. They're oh. they're still together yeah. to this day. Yeah, it, it's like I, I strive for a love like theirs.
0: Damn, and I am old school love.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you'll understand more why, too, but. Um, you know, they both grew up in pretty rural Vietnam, and um, my, my grandpa grew up without a mom. She died um, from an illness when he was pretty young. So he grew up with his two sisters and his dad. Um, my grandma, on the other hand, is one of nine. So she has a ton of siblings, um, and you know, they meet, they fall in love, they decide to have a family. Um, that's where my dad comes from and he is one of four, but he actually had a, a fifth sibling who ended up dying from malaria. And, you know, being in a quote unquote third world country at the time, there weren't access to vaccines that right now, if you're vaccinated, can you, you won't be affected by it. So, um, that's, that's, it's just so different kind of, the the world that we live in now versus like the world that they lived in but um if you know a little bit about the vietnam war um it was a war between the north and the south vietnamese and um the south was backed by the u.s and the north was backed more by russia i believe um i don't as a vietnamese person i don't know too much about the vietnam war but i know like a good amount Um, My grandpa was actually part of the South Vietnamese Navy, so he was actively participating in this war. Um, And something that a lot of people don't know about the Vietnam War is that most people didn't even know it was going on. They didn't know that a war was happening. They didn't know the North and South were fighting. They didn't know people were dying every day. Um, So... Just like communication across was not there um but in 1975 um during the fall of saigon the the north vietnamese communists had won and basically that meant um all of these southern vietnamese men in the the army and the military and navy and whatnot they were taken to re-education camps um so my grandpa was put in a re-education camp and basically my family got divided because the fall everything was happening people were fleeing refugees around the world were going to different countries my dad was supposed to be on one of the last boats leaving um, vietnam but he decided to stay back um he was like nine years old at the time he's the second oldest so What was going to happen is that my grandpa's two older sisters, my great-aunts, they were going to take my dad and his older brother and go on a boat and go wherever the hell away from Vietnam was. Um, But he didn't end up going. Um, And instead, his younger brother took his place. Um, My dad wanted to stay with the family. Um, so my two, my two great aunts and my two uncles ended up being sponsored by a, uh, a church in Minnesota, which is how we ended up in Minnesota, but I'll get back to that. So my grandpa was in a re-education camp and luckily my grandma knew where that re-education camp was and he was there for months doing hard labor um working dawn until dusk you know being tortured for various reasons being abused all these things because you know they're like the repercussions for being part of the military at the time um the the losing military um and unfortunately that isn't a you know an uncommon thing for for many war-torn states um but my grandma knew where he was and I don't know if this was like a normal thing or not but she got to see him like once a month over the course of several months and they devised a plan to break him out and basically escape because like like many men it he he probably wouldn't have survived um Maybe. a lot of people died in those reeducation camps um and so over the course of several months they would they would devise this plan to break him out um and then one night in the cover of dusk they kind of figured out like the guard schedule or something where he would be able to break out and basically meet my grandma so they could run away and um it's probably three or four in the morning they they get out they get together and they they start running but they realize that there are people coming this way they're like we need to we need to do something we we're going to get caught like you're going to get sent back my grandma's going to get sent somewhere but we we like to think of a this as our guardian angel like our family's guardian angel was a dog out of the middle of the jungle runs up next to them and basically starts walking with them and the people coming towards them happen to be guards but they didn't look twice they didn't look they're like oh they're just like a normal farming couple getting up ready to you know tend to the fields it's 4 a.m you know the uh, break of dawn is coming up they're probably just going out you know to to work in their farm and those guards they didn't think any of it and you know they they get to the clearing and they're home free the dog disappears and they never see it again so um i don't know they're the dedication that my grandparents have to each other that my grandma will literally broke my grandpa out of jail.
0: Yeah, that's
1: <laughs> Like, I like, who do I know is going to break me out of jail? You yeah. know?
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> um. So they were like, well, we can't stay in Vietnam. They're going to find out that my grandpa's still there. They're going to put him back. We have to escape. so my grandma's side of the family um basically helps them out they they get them a small boat and my my grandparents my dad and his younger sister all go on this boat hoping that they can you know float their way to another country well unfortunately for them they got robbed by pirates oh So all all the food that they had, everything that was with them, the clothes on their backs were taken by these pirates.
0: Oh.
1: Um but luckily they were actually found by the Thai uh, navy. Um so they were floating around off the coast of Vietnam and found by a navy ship that basically rescued them after they had been floating I think for 2 days. Um, in the ocean with nothing. Um, so they survived, um, they're rescued, but they were taken to a refugee camp in Indonesia. And while it was a safe haven away from a war-torn country, that those conditions were not that great either Um, they lived in a five like a five foot by five foot square next to other five feet by five feet squares of other families so they they lived in the square that was their square that they had and basically had to survive there um and obviously they um it was tough Um, but they, you know, they were fed, they were given food, um, clothing, water, like, but just enough to survive. But, you know, in those conditions, like, how are you going to maintain, um, and here is where we get to Minnesota, where I was born and raised. So that church where my aunts, my great aunts and my uncles were sponsored, um, got in contact with the local news station and there was a reporter who basically um does segments of him traveling around the world and the country and whatnot he heard the story of how you know the family is being separated um these two boys were living without their parents because they're back in war-torn vietnam Um, there was a lot of like stories going around the country of like things like that and you know bless his soul because he was like I'm going to take up this story you know I'm going to reunite this family and so months and months go by he does research in where these people where my family might be he finds out he's in they're in Indonesia and basically him and his crew fly out, and it was like, hey, your family's back in Minnesota. Let's reunite these guys. So there's actually a little news segment about um, my family reuniting out there somewhere. So, um, you know, after months of, you know, being apart and and whatnot, um, everyone got reunited in Minnesota, and that's, and that's how we ended up in Minnesota.
0: I love it. I this just yeah. This needs to be a book. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, like I bring out of jail, or you know, the imprisonment, and then mm-hmm. robbed by pirates, that yeah, and then re reunited by this like journalist Wild. Yeah. Um, I see how proud you are of your family and and roots, yeah. and it is so important. Um to know like where your family comes from and also that love that love right there is yeah. like, oh, it's such old school. Good love. Yeah. Uh, thank you for sharing your story. Uh, as we wrap up, I just want to I mean, you, everything you said has been so insightful. Do you have any advice? Um, I always like to have my guests give it a last piece of advice to anyone that's yeah. listening to, Due to these topics. It could be about um, empowerment, family. What would you like to leave off on?
1: Yeah. Well, First of all, thank you so much for having me. It was so fun. And I really enjoyed my time talking with you and kind of sharing my, my life and experiences and story. Um, my last piece of advice, I think I would say is don't be afraid. Mm. I would say, don't let fear be what stops you because um. I wouldn't be where I was if I let fear hold me back. And for a long time it did. And it it's scary. I will tell you that it's scary as hell, but yeah. um,
0: yeah.
1: once you kind of get over yourself and get over that fear, um, you are open to a new world of possibilities and opportunities and, and everything like, if my grandparents were stricken by fear, the fear of, oh, but what if we get caught? Oh, what if we, you know, get tortured? What if we get killed? They wouldn't have tried to exactly. break out of prison, you know? Yeah. Don't let fear hold you back from doing something because of the unknowns or maybe some scary possibilities because what if it does work out? What if it? you know works out in ways that you could have never imagined so don't let fear hold you back and keep shining
0: (laughs) i love it you motivated me so much you're so insightful (laughs) um i wish nothing but the best for you and i'm going to post everything on the bio and all of it of this stuff in the description of the episode and i really want people to check yourself out i feel like you offer so much and really good encouragement and thank you for sharing your story
1: Thank you so much. I'm always open to talking with people too. So like, even if someone's listening to the podcast and be like, I want to hear more about your story. Like, I want to hear more about your story. Let's like, let's exchange stories.
0: I I love that.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much, Antonio. I really appreciate you.
0: Talk to you later. Anana Tings.